1: Welcome Auburn into this Tuesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan Lavoie and I'm joined by Tom Peavy this afternoon. We will have a short show today as we will be off here around 4.45. Got Borgard High School softball coming up uh, just before 5 o'clock today. So a shortened edition of Sports Call. We'll have Justin Ferguson on of the Auburn Observer at 4.15. He will recap Auburn a day as well as the moves and Auburn basketball's world uh, and be our last weekly chat with him for a little while uh, as we start to put a close on uh, I guess this athletics calendar from a football and basketball standpoint uh, we'll also of course have your phone calls on the Auburn bank phone line we'll also have birthdays and sports and nightly tv guys always we'll just continue to recap uh, some things happening happening in the world of Auburn athletics of course Auburn baseball has a pretty big one tonight. They are at Georgia Tech. That uh, game was moved back an hour, so that could be on the ACC network and be a televised game. So that's coming up at 6 o'clock, so I'll have a few thoughts on Auburn baseball a little bit today, too. Uh, again, Ryan and Tom with you here on this uh, shortened edition of the Tuesday show. Tom, hope you had a, a good weekend, <clears throat> first time on the show for you this week. I hope you're doing well, sir. Uh,
2: yeah, glad to be back. And, uh, you know, I, I missed the uh, – i missed the show yesterday because i was taking part in a funeral in uh in Silicaga for uh, a fallen former firefighter and a, a lifelight uh nurse who perished uh tragically in a helicopter crash uh, a few weeks ago and so uh i was honored to be in Silicaga uh representing southwest fire department uh at his services and uh yeah so that, that's why i was I, I was away from the show yesterday um so but i'm glad to be back and ready to talk some sports in a very condensed show today
1: absolutely and again uh basically today we're going to go over some of the things we went over yesterday and get your thoughts Tom on on some of these relevant auburn topics uh, of course uh, auburn basketball making uh, a couple of moves at least uh, gaining a player also subtracting uh, a coach although not to, of auburn's doing that that makes it sound a little uh, misleading it was a, a it was a departure for the coaching staff, uh, and then also Auburn A Day took place this Saturday. We can start a little bit there uh, from the standpoint of, and again, we talked a lot about it yesterday. But uh, to kind of recap things again, a very wet and rainy and windy day yeah. inside of the stadium. Tough to learn a lot about the quarterbacks uh, in that sort of uh, sort of situation, Tom. But uh, if anything, what did you? Uh, take away from, I guess, you can not only that game, but just spring practice in
2: its entirety. Yeah. Uh, I mean, spring practice in its entirety and really – well, look, I mean, A-Day, you're, it, if you sit there and try to overanalyze any sort of a spring scrimmage, then you are going to beat yourself to death. And and we have tried to explain that to callers and listeners who panic over something they see uh, during A-Day. And it's that you're just not going to get a whole lot out of that um they do it they do it as kind of as a treat for the fans to give them a chance to come in there and see the team but they're not going to show you everything they're doing uh, there's obviously still things that are going to happen in the transfer portal i'm still convinced that Auburn's starting quarterback next year is not even here on campus yet um so you can take away what you want to from the quarterbacks of what you saw at a day but i don't think any of them are honestly going to be the starter and maybe robbie ashford but i think they're going to get one in the portal um and so uh the the biggest takeaway from spring practice is it's nice to get out there it's nice to for Hugh Freeze to get here get his staff in there and start getting these guys to work on his system and 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 then those guys evaluating the talent that is there evaluating the areas of need that's the biggest thing that's the biggest takeaway anything else you hear any you know rumors here there or whatever you just have to take it with a grain of salt and just take it for what it is, is that Hugh Freeze is now getting a chance to see these guys in action on the field and can evaluate the talent that he has, evaluate the talent he doesn't have, evaluate the skill positions that he thinks they're solid in and and evaluate skill positions that they're like, hey, we are in trouble here and we got to start doing something. So that's your takeaway. Anything as far as X's and O's, just do not – Frit over that, you're you're just gonna run yourself mad if you try to do something like that. Hugh Freeze uh, talked a little bit to
1: Brandon Marcel the other day the. Uh, there's a couple things we didn't get to on the show yesterday in terms of uh, of items from the spring game, and one was Hugh Freeze's quote to Brandon Marcello, "quote It has to be, uh, w-, and this is about the quarterback battle. It has to be one that gives us some serious stability, or can be the guy." I'm not quite sure. I don't know what to expect from that spring period with the level of talent that will go in it. That's kind of in reference to the transfer portal and, right. and who Auburn might be looking to add. Again, I think that obviously the eyes will be very will be very hard on trying to see who ends up in that portal. And we're talking this up as if there will be a lot of viable options. Still got to happen first, you know, and, and, right. and then there's still got to be guys that are uh disgruntled and ready to move on. And again, you know, I do want to caution people too I, at this point. I mean, it could be wrong, but mostly the guys in the that are going to go in the portal are guys that are in the process of losing their current jobs. Now, that might end up being a couple quality guys, it's it's not. It's not impossible to have multiple good quarterbacks in the same room at the same time. Obviously, that can be the case, but it's not like you're going to get a proven starter, a high-profile guy at this juncture. Now, some people would still direct you at the possibility of Grayson McCall becoming available again, or I guess for the first time, second time, I don't know if he... Uh, ends up graduating in the summer and then that academic malfunction that was uh, holding him up from looking at Auburn, looking at Florida and some others, maybe that gets righted because he graduates and then it becomes a mute point. I'm not exactly sure some people murmur that that could be the case, but if if it's not that, I mean, again, the guys that are not on our radar, they're not going to be high profile starting guys right now. They're going to be guys that are, moving on because they feel like they're about to lose their job. And, of right. course, you look at Georgia, you look at Ole Miss. We've talked about both those schools. Uh, but, again, it's not like there's going to be a home run, surefire start. There'll be someone that would be worth competing, absolutely, because quarterback situation in Auburn is not great right now. Uh, but, you know, it, it would. It, it's going to be interesting. I, 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 can't, I can't really confidently say – Who's going to be the starter? I, I, I think of the Auburn's guys, Ashford is going to lead the way. I know there was some talk about Gerner making clear improvements in the spring, um, but but I still think that Hugh Freeze and company just appreciate Ashford's legs so dang much right. that Gurner would have to be such a better thrower than Ashford, and I don't think that that is the case right now. So, I, I think that of those guys, now we, we did talk yesterday about despite the limited action and productivity from quarterbacks, we just completing or just totaling 12, 13 passes. We did talk about that even though there was a small sample size, TJ Finley did manage to hurt himself uh, over the weekend, considering the fact that. Hugh Freeze was on on the live broadcast at the time of Finley playing some of his snaps and basically said, yeah, he did a bad job a couple straight plays. He threw in the triple coverage mm-hmm. on one play and then he had that little drag route where he just threw wildly even though the, the, the pass was five yards in front of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hugh Freeze basically said, I don't know why he tried to leave the pocket there. He should have hung in there so a couple live criticisms of tj finley which are not going to help his case no. but uh it is it is continuing i i mean we,
2: we it's hard to interrupt you but then yeah. tj doesn't do himself any any favors with his talking to the media where he just basically says yeah i don't know if i'm gonna stick around if i you know if if they bring transfer portal or if i don't get job, i don't know if i'm gonna stick around okay well then leave uh, I mean, what what kind of a leader are you saying that you are? If right. you're just going to sit there and openly go, yeah, I don't know if I want to be here or not. Yeah. Well, there's the door. Bye. Yeah. No. See, I, see you gone.
1: I don't think anyone's appetite consists of, of having Finley, <laughs> Finley around in yeah. the fall anymore. I, I, it, I Really, this is – let's go back. This is for him. This has played out the way we thought it would. Now, we had a tendency to kind of maybe the fog of war here and, and forget that – what was the original plan? But I think the plan was always on Finley's part to participate in spring practice, and I think maybe we're a little guilty, or some people, are uh, a little guilty of forgetting that the plan was still participate in spring practice practice with the atten- uh, the intention to leave afterwards. Right. And maybe we we got uh, too wrapped up in well, he's here, you know. Well, let's see where he is in the in the rankings here, and, and see if he can still win the job. I don't know if it was really. Ever about that, uh, or at least not being the plan. So, I uh, I don't think Auburn's obviously losing anything there, and it might just be best for him to go ahead and move on because I don't see what benefit it would leave to Auburn at this point. Uh, he is not an SEC quarterback, and then for him personally, go down to the lower levels of college football, either go to the Group of Five, which I don't even know. Uh, how many jobs he'd, he'd win there, or go to FCS and and, and just and play football? You know, there's right. Go ahead, because it is not worked out at two SEC schools now at this point. But again, going back to, to a couple general takeaways before we take our first break with a day. Again, a lot of running of the football. And if, if you want to. Uh, hype up, you know the the fact that the offensive line did do a good job that is great, but we do have to acknowledge, and I talked about this yesterday, that defensive line was 105th in yards per carry allowed last year, and I, there's not any clear indicator of, of a reason why it would be significantly better other than new coaching staff this year, so I'm not sure that that what we saw from the offensive line is real. It could be more of a, <laughs> a more of a fault of the defensive line right uh ne- nevertheless though love auburn's running backs no reason not to uh, obviously we didn't see a whole lot of jarquez hunter but we saw some more of those two and three guys and four guys like Damari austin and and uh brian Batty. my analysis of Batty is he seems like he's going to be the the home runner bust guy i don't know All if right. he's going to be willing to take a bunch of hits but he is very willing to try and pop it on the edge and huge use his acceleration and speed so that might be a change of pace back that Auburn will enjoy this year I still think Demari Austin's got a ton of potential Uh, and then defensively again talked a little bit about defensive line I'm not sure that we again because we only saw 13 passes saw a lot from the DBs again we probably the most trusted unit of the defense I I guess the tackling was okay obviously Auburn made a few these backs made a few guys miss there was one or two weird plays where I don't know if the rain uh, got them out of sorts or it looked like they, they stopped the, thought the play was over. I don't know. There was a couple weird sequences right. in there. But, I mean, other than that, uh, it, uh, it's already a thing that, that we don't take a lot from at times. And then because of the weather, it uh, hurt that even a little bit more. Uh, We're going to go ahead and take our first break of the show today. When we come back, we'll start to get to birthdays and sports. Also go to our Auburn Bank phone line. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of Sports Call.
0: Don't want to call into the show? Send us your thoughts via email. You've got mail. Sports call at the tiger.fm. Now back to the multi-time Abby award-winning sports call.
1: Welcome back to Sports Call today. Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy and Tom Peavy with you here. Again, getting off the air right around 445 today uh, with Borgard High School softball coming up. All right, let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. 334-887-3401 locally or toll free. one eight nine. tiger First up on the show today, Wardam Steve. Retire Wardam Steve joins us. Steve, how are you doing?
3: Doing great, guys. Uh, Thanks for squeezing me in so quickly. I know the time is short, so I'm going to make the best of it. Uh, And, uh, Tom, it's good to hear you back again, sir.
2: I'm glad to be back and glad to hear from you.
3: Hey, I enjoyed hearing, uh, uh, surprisingly, Anthony's uh, almost cheerful comments yesterday about uh, Mr. Uh, Frank Thomas and uh, his relationship with uh, Frank Dye. That was good to hear him say that.
1: Uh, Yes, sir, with uh, with Pat Dye and just being honest with uh – with Frank and, again, could uh, could obviously uh, always appreciate when, when coaches are honest with players.
3: Right. And uh, also a, a shout-out to Matt uh, for uh, getting uh, those uh, first-place finishes. I believe he had two of them. Is that right?
1: Uh, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. Two first-place finishes. He did that for him. Yep.
3: All right. Speaking of uh, finishes, guys, uh, I saw here uh, from Auburn Sports' uh, website that uh, Miss uh, Darren Goldberg is going to uh, to compete for a national championship in the NCAA uh, gymnastics uh, on the uh, final floor all uh, routine. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's correct. And and unfortunately for Auburn, she, she's the only one that is going because the uh, team uh, just could not get it done out west. But Darian had enough and got enough help around her that she's going to be uh, out there competing for a national title on the floor.
3: Yes, yeah, Thursday evening. Now, is this a semifinal that she's competing in or the quarterfinal?
1: I would assume. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works. Semis. Uh, I'm not. I. I don't know how individuals do it. I, I. I think there would probably be
2: one more round after this, though.
3: Is this televised?
2: Should I mean parts I, of it will be? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if all of it's going to be on there, but yeah, yeah, a lot of it is.
3: Okay. All right. I'll, I'll search for it. I. Right. Uh, I think you, Ryan, or you, Tommy. Yeah, we talking about uh, your confidence level not being very high, uh, Miss Ashford. I'm, I'm confident right now uh, that um, the is going to improve uh, even more than what I saw him Saturday in the brief time we saw him, and uh, that he will be the starter. Uh, I was somewhat pleased to see uh, uh, Gernard, uh do as good as he did given the conditions, uh, and I'm with you guys. I I don't see a future for T.J. Finley. Uh, about that tennis, guys. Now I saw, and I don't know how much, I can't remember but. If there were 16,000 people there, then uh, I'm going to be the next quarterback for uh, Auburn. Well,
2: yeah, there was definitely not 16,000, but also uh, it was a little deceiving because there were a, there were a good amount of fans. up. They were in the stadium, but they were up under the uh, – kind of like in the walkways and up under the upper deck area. So there were some people up there. They just weren't out there in the rain. Yeah, well,
3: but, maybe they sold, 60, but still won sixteen thousand. Yeah, yeah,
2: no, they
1: they what that number is is how many tickets they actually sold. I mean, probably actually half of that is what was right. actually there.
3: Yeah, that's what I kind of figured on that. All right, uh, moving on, guys. You know, I did not know that it was. I guess it was our system that made uh, Bo Nick's a because I, I sometimes wonder. You know, is he really SEC caliber, or did he deserve being five star? But apparently, I was wrong on that. This comes from Banner Marcello. His column today, I don't know if you saw it. But he talks about uh, Auburn's quarterback efficiency, how it has been. And then he mentions this. Uh, we tanked it um, in terms of uh, quarterback efficiency for quite some time. Uh, and he says that uh, we finished 89th. That's the best we've done in the past five years, which includes, he said, three years with Bo Nix. Do you happen to know how good Bo Nix was last year with that uh, Oregon? I didn't
1: know this. Uh, he was top five or six quarterback in the country last year.
3: Well, according to Brandon Marcello, he shattered Oregon school record for completion percentage, 71.9%, which he also says was the second best uh, completion percentage in the country.
1: Yeah. Very and good. And we
3: couldn't, we couldn't get that out of him. Wow.
1: Yeah, no, I, certainly a lot of things go into that. Uh, part of it can be coaching. Part of it can be system. Part of it can be uh, competition, too. I mean, Bo did clearly struggle in that Georgia game to start the year and then played a whole lot better the rest of the year. And, and look, that's not everything. I, I do think he clearly improved a little bit as a quarterback, but, um, you know, he – it's not that he was devoid of really good games at Auburn because he definitely had good games at Auburn. It was that he also had uh, some really big head scratchers, uh, some blown leads, some two or three interception games in, in untimely matters. And so the good play was in there for him while he was at Auburn, but it was that he could not string it together across five or six straight games.
3: Yeah, and that was, uh, I guess I'm not, I'm not alone with this, of uh, the, uh, the inconsistency. Uh, that's just, you know, we just, never knew which bowl were you really going to see, right?
1: Yeah, I mean we, we, we talked about obviously we analyzed his play very closely I mean, uh, he, he definitely had some games where he looked like he was turning a corner or looked like the player they, they h- hoped and thought he would be and then there were times where he, he seemed a little overwhelmed at times or trying to do too much and, and uh, again, that, look consistency can be can be talked about across almost any athlete. I mean, if you could do the same thing just as well every single time, you, you'd end up the very best in your sport because that—that that is what uh, is so difficult. It's so difficult to repeat those great performances, and then you do that in this league, which is obviously accustomed to being the top league in college football. Uh, if if there are inc- inconsistencies, these teams in this league will will find that, and and for Bo. That was just the case during his time at Auburn. And, again, there are multiple things that went into that. Uh, but uh, he certainly did figure out at Oregon a way to be consistent, and he did light up some scoreboards.
3: Yeah. Quick question for you, uh, Tom. Uh, what what is what are your observations? What do you see that lead you to be convinced at this point that Asher will not be the starting quarterback? Uh,
2: just because I, I, I think that – he is a. I, I mainly what I'm seeing is what I saw last year because, um, I mean, I'm not out there at the spring practices. And, you know, the little bit that I saw of A-Day, I just don't take into much of what you see on A-Day. And that's why I say don't uh, get caught up in anything really that you see or don't see during A-Day because it's all going to be different. But um I just – I feel like that Hugh Freeze is looking for more from a quarterback and, and mainly – uh, in the throwing aspect of it. Because if you go back and you look at Hugh Freeze's quarterbacks in the past, they are all throwers, and and they put up gobs and gobs of numbers through the air. Uh, Robbie Ashford's not a guy that's going to do that unless something drastically changes with him. Now, can they coach him up to be a, a top SEC caliber thrower? Sure, I think they can. But I also think that they believe that their best – bet is to find somebody in the transfer portal that they think can come in here and be a better throw than Robbie. So that that's why I think that the quarterback is not here on campus right now. I think they're going to go out and find somebody in the portal that they feel is a is a surefire uh, QB1 that can sling it all over the field for
3: them. Yeah, another key word, yeah, if they get someone from the portal, they're not going to have uh, very much of a window uh, to get acclimated uh, to this uh, offense and the uh, the coaching staff, so they better be a surefire, uh, surefire good bet, right?
2: Well, well that's, uh, that's what you, you hope for. You hope that you're going to get that, but but you still don't know. I mean, it, it's a risk anytime you bring somebody in, whether it be a true freshman or whether it be somebody at the transfer portal. Uh, there were a lot of people excited about T.J. Finley coming here because he had had some playing experience at LSU and had, had had some good games there, and it's like, all right, you know, this guy might be pretty good. Well, he wasn't. Same thing with Zach Calzada. But then you also have guys on the flip side that you bring in, like Jarrett Stidham. You bring in from Baylor. Now, did he just set the world on fire? No, but I mean, he was a damn good quarterback. And so you're going to have some good. You're going to have some good. You're going to have some bad
3: for Vegas, right?
2: What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's still playing in the NFL right now.
3: Right, All right, Real quickly, guys. This is it. I promise. On this day in sports, what happened on April 11th? In
1: 1921. I, I, I'm not gonna know. Uh, something baseball
2: related? i not going to know. Something baseball-related? I figure
3: it's baseball-related. Um, uh, I don't know if you were around that time. I was close to being around that time. But anyway, <laughs> this is what happened. This was the first live sporting event that was on radio. Okay. And what was it? A boxing match. Boxing, yeah. Oh. It was broadcast from the only radio station in the U.S., KDKA in Pittsburgh, This comes from the History Channel, between Johnny Ray and Johnny Dundee. In fact, Johnny Dundee ended up being uh, in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. So that was the day uh, before then. There were no live broadcast of eSports.
1: Wow. Okay. So that is a, that's you, a big moment.
3: If you didn't know it then, now you do.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, that's
3: right. With that, guys, Thank for your time. Hopefully, uh, Georgia Tech, we can pull it out... Uh, uh, is this going to be a, another one of those how many runs can we outscore them?
1: I think a lot of them uh, the rest of the year, unless they're midweek games against lower competition and smaller teams, I think a lot of them could be high scoring. Now they'll, they'll, Auburn will inevitably have a few games where they pitch a little bit better, but but in general they're going to need to score a lot this year to win.
3: Okay, guys, thank you for your time. I do appreciate it as always. Have a safe afternoon and evening, and uh, we'll do this again tomorrow. Until then,
1: War Eagle guys. War Eagle, Steve. Appreciate Eagle. that phone call as always. That's retired War AM Steve, on the Oliver Make phone line. I think one thing I I, I, I was think I was listening. Uh, Stidham is now a Denver Bronco. Oh, Bronco, um, yeah. It was a Raider. Obviously, last year signed a two-year deal to back up Russell Wilson in Denver. All right, just a couple minutes before we need to take our next break. Again, Justin Ferguson coming up at 4:15. The show will end around 4:45 today. Let's go ahead and get to today's birthdays in sports. <laughs> It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports is presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street in Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. Let Max Credit Union help you with all of your banking needs. Brett Saberhagen turned 60, former MLB pitcher. Saberhagen was born in California, led the high school or led his high school to a state championship as a senior, drafted out of high school in 1982 by the Royals, made his debut in 1984, played 16 years in Major League Baseball with his longest stint being seven years in Kansas City, three-time All-Star, two-time AL Cy Young Award winner, one-time MLB wins leader, one-time AL ERA leader, and one-time Gold Glove Award winner one-time World Series champion and World Series MVP, member of the Royals. Hall of Fame, Brett Saberhagen turns 60 today. Mark Teixeira turns 43, former MLB first baseman. Teixeira was born in Maryland, played college baseball at Georgia Tech, won the Dick Howser Trophy as a senior. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go Jackets. I didn't know if you wanted to do that, since they're literally <laughs> playing at Auburn in that sport tonight, uh, but uh, we know what Rick you mean. Rick <laughs> won the uh, there you go won the Dick Hauser Trophy as a senior at Tech in 2000, logging a 427 batting average. And was taken fifth overall by the Texas Rangers in 2001. Made his MLB debut in 2003. Played 13 seasons in Major League Baseball. Played for the Rangers, the Angels, the Braves, the Yankees. Three-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glove Award winner, three-time Silver Slugger Award winner, and one-time American League home run leader. One time American League RBI leader and World Series champion with the Yankees, Mark Teixeira. A text message is what they would send uh, yeah. when he hit a home run. He turned 43 today. Jason Veritek turns 52, former Red Sox catcher. Veritek was born in Florida, where he played on a national championship Little League squad, Led his High School to a state title in 1990. He also played college baseball baseball at Georgia Tech, where he led the Yellow Jackets to an appearance in 1994 College World Series and won the Dick Howser Trophy himself. He is the only player to have his number retired by Georgia Tech Baseball, and he was taken 14th overall by the Mariners in 1994, was traded to the Red Sox in 1997, where he made his MLB debut and spent the entirety of his career, was a three-time All-Star, one-time Gold Glove Award winner, one-time Silver Slugger Award winner, and two-time World Series champion with the Red Sox. He's now a coach on the Red Sox staff. Jason Veritek turns 52 today. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire turns 24, Kansas City Chiefs running back. Edwards-Alaire was born in Baton Rouge and led his high school to a state championship. That's a theme, a lot of high school championships here. As a senior, being named MVP of the championship game, played college football at LSU. Blue Tigers! And played every game as a freshman, became the full-time starter in 2019 as a junior, and helped lead LSU to a national title. All-SEC selection was a 2020 NFL first round pick to the 30 or 32nd pick to the Kansas City Chiefs where he's been a reserve back since in 2022 he won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs Clyde Edwards-Alaire turns 24 today and those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union again Brett Saberhagen turns 60 Mark Teixeira 43 Jason Veritek 52 and Clyde Edwards-Alaire turns 24 we need to take our next time out of the show more sports call coming up after the break
0: Sports Call crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334 887 3401. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Welcome back to Sports Call here on this Tuesday. Ryan LaVoy and Tom Peavy with you here. And only about an hour left in the show. Coming up, uh, it just time flies. I know, man. Uh, Coming up at 4.15, Justin Ferguson. He will... Go through all the Auburn football and basketball news and notes. Also, we will have to get his stance on his first trip to the Auburn buc uh, which opened yesterday. Football, basketball, and buc I
2: I haven't been there yet, but of course I drive by there every day on my way in here to the studio. And so I drove by the first time I've seen it since they opened, since I was out of town yesterday and it was about as crowded as i thought it was going to be yeah it's like good lord it, it, at the amount of people at this place it wasn't like there was any one moment
1: that i'm aware of yesterday where it was just completely overwhelmed right there was a little bit of a line at which i think justin ferguson and uh justin lee participated in <laughs> uh but it wasn't a, a, to my knowledge again and we'll ask for about this it wasn't overwhelming but it's just the fact that as a whole, bunkies will just kind of always be crowded. There's not sure. like one time a day even where you're for sure going to be all right. It's just constant flow of people, and that's what kind of makes it uh, so busy is that there's just always a decent amount of people rather than there being a many points where you just can't move in the place. Um, again, about eight or nine minutes left in this hour. Let's talk a little baseball before we – we in the hour, and again, uh, we will talk some more Auburn basketball coming up in hour number two with Ferg and that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, Braves off to a 7-4 start, got a walk-off home run last night from Sean Murphy. Uh, they had had a really successful first two road uh, road series yeah. before losing three out of four to San Diego. And unfortunately, Tom, it's just a lot of injuries right now for Atlanta.
2: Yeah, the the injury bug is already hitting them um, and, and it, i mean it's part of it you just hope they're you know quick injuries and they can get it done and and get on back but uh yeah it turned out great and it's like man all right Braves are playing pretty good then the dodgers come or i'm sorry the padres come to town and it's like oh gosh i mean those were bad losses too I, I mean ugly losses so um they just got to get healthy uh and uh yeah, they there was a dude that was throwing the other day against the Padres. I've never even heard of him like, who the heck is this? It was Dodd, but it looked like it said Dylan Dodd yeah. Dylan Dodd. Look like it said Dodo on the back <laughs> of his jersey. Um and of course he got just rocked. But uh yeah, I was like, Who in the, who is that? Like, they they've got a starting pitcher out there that I've never even heard of. I was like, man, I like I I thought their starting rotation was a little more well known. And I know he had a great camp and they were raving about him in spring um i was sitting there watching the tv and i was like who the hell is this guy <laughs> well why, why is there a dodo out there on the mound yeah so or it, doodoo he, it, he played late well, pitch like doodoo it, it was between
1: him and jared schuster for right. the fifth starting spot and when max freed immediately got hurt that necessitated a another uh pitcher, and Kyle Wright never even started the year. Now, I think Kyle Wright is starting tonight. Okay. Um, So, I I think Wright is back, and that is good news. But, they were going, even before Freed or Wright were on the I.L., they were going to have either Schuster or Dodd. Now, the interesting thing here is we're two rotations through, and clearly better than either one of those guys so far has been last night's starter, Bryce Elder. Bryce. Bryce Elder from the right hand side uh, is probably once we get this injury situation figured out here, I think Elder's probably now in the driver's seat of being the fifth starter just based off of these first couple starts. Now again, that's a small sample size, but look, someone's got to fill that fifth role and yeah. you got to give it to the guy that in the in the big leagues is pitching. Uh, very well right now I mean he his first two starts he's not allowed an earned run so I I don't I regardless of who was in the process of winning that job out of spring training I think it's got to go to him because both Dodd and Schuster have allowed eight combined earned runs and nine and a third and eight and two-thirds respectively. so nearly nine ERAs so far for the both of them in their first two starts and and so Elder is coming into play there. I did read today, uh, actually just a few moments ago, that it does look like Max Freed is getting pretty close. He might not even need a rehab assignment. He might come out next week and, and, and be ready to go. So it's probably you're only going to need his spot and rotation maybe one more time. But just overall for the Braves' injuries, recap for everyone. Okay, Max Freed's now missed a couple starts. Yeah. Kyle Wright was not ready. Now he is ready to start the year. Uh, Rossell Iglesias, the, the projected closer of the Braves, uh, has not been healthy, and he seems to be still a couple weeks away. He is not throwing off a mound yet. Uh, Colin McHugh, who's one of the setup guys, got injured about a week uh, week ago. And so he's out for the next week or two at least. Uh, so that's four pitchers, two in, in the starting rotation, two late in the bullpen for you. And then in the lineup, Travis Darnot just got concussed the other day. Yep. He's had a history with concussions. This could be very brief. This could be a few weeks. That's the nature of concussions. And then Michael Harris, for kind of precautionary reasons, went on a 10-day Uh, injured list stint starting a few days ago and so they've had to kind of rotate Sam Hilliard in the outfield they've had to rotate uh, uh, Eli White got called up and started center field last night Obviously, they've got slow starts from Ozuna and Rosario. It's kind of pick your poison, which one's doing worse right now. Ozuna is only hitting like oh seventy four, yeah. but he has two homers. Right. Rosario is hitting one fifty and has no homers and no RBIs. Right. So it's kind of pick your poison of which one is playing worse right now. So they they really that's an untimely injury for Michael Harris because they they've got to figure out if Rosario or, or Ozuna can. Can get going because if they keep doing this, and they're not going to be playable
2: here in a month or two. I mean, yeah. it, it just it, it is uh, uh, they, either they, one, either yeah, one, right? Well, and I mean, biggest thing, those two guys have got to step up their deal. I, uh, I mean, uh, especially Ozuna. Ozuna's a veteran. I mean, and I. Oh, Rosario is too. Uh, yeah, sure, I, I, th- I guess I think of Ozuna being even more. They're of about a, no. They're about are the same they about the names. same? Yeah. Okay, well, I,
1: I can. I can pull up the particulars, but they've both been in the league well, for six, seven, eight years. Pooper get off the pot. Uh, okay. I know that's an analogy, but yes. A clever way of saying they need to perform or they need to get off the team. Yep. I, I, I absolutely pick up what you put down. Uh, for the record, Marcel Azuna, uh, the, he is in his age 32 season. This is his 11th year in the big leagues. Uh, Eddie Rosario – is in his age thirty one season. This no. is his tenth league, tenth year. So yeah, Rosario started one year after his. End.
2: Okay. Well, like I said, either one. Need either way, going. either way, they're both veterans, and, and if if you're not performing out there, then then they need to they need to start looking closely at the at that AAA or even the double a i mean, if they need to bring a hot bat up, I mean, they've got a great farm system, and and you know. They've always bragged about that farm system and how great it is. And it's like, okay, well, you know, if you've got these two dudes that just aren't hacking it, then then they, then it, it, do you not have a triple A bat? No.
1: Not not really at this See, point. And that's and what I'll concerns
2: me with the Braves is that they don't have a triple A or even a double A bat that they think can come in there. And it's like, you know what, this uh, hey, hey Marcel, this is obviously not working out. You know, this the kid in triple A's just got it going right now. So you know. Here's your walking papers. We're going to release you and and let this hot hot bat from Triple A come in. Maybe someone will will emerge, but if you think about it, the Braves
1: have the, right now, it is not a highly ranked firm system because oh, okay. they have tapped into it. Michael Harris True. was in Double A last year. He was a big prospect. He's here. He's with Atlanta. Also, he was very
2: important. They also traded away like Lears. right to Oakland
1: to yeah. to get uh, Matt Olson. Yeah. Uh, they had Von Grissom, who's now Back in AAA, but that's an right. infielder, okay, yeah. and he's floating in right. and out. Langlares was a catcher, right? And so you, you've got you you've had these guys either emerge or, or be traded uh, in the in the batting world, and then pitching world, you saw Strider come up. Right. So these guys, they had it; it was still a very good system coming into last year, but then actions have been made yeah. with with their top guys going into last year. So it is now no longer. Uh, one of the best systems as we speak. Again, someone could could flourish. Someone someone on a dime could come up. But that's my point. Is when Michael Harris got injured. Okay, you've seen Eli White. You you've seen uh, Sam Hilliard, who was not good as a Rocky last year, and they they got him as kind of a fifth outfielder. Yeah. Kevin Pilar is someone they definitely uh, want to play a good bit here. And Pilar has had a very good big, big league career, but he is starting to be at the tail end of it. So you wonder what Pilar has left the, the reality is between rosario and azuna one of them has got a got a hit right. if the other one ends up trailing off and and it's just over for them the braves can survive that they they don't need both of them out um they don't need both of them to be inadequate and and thus far they haven't i know braves country just loaves marcel azuna but this guy is capable this guy has been an MVP candidate with the Braves in the right. shortened 2020 season. There is a high ceiling for him. Unfortunately, he's not obtained that last couple of years. And then with Rosario, we know there's a high ceiling there. He is usually a, a very good professional hitter. He was so important to the Braves World Series run in 2021. And then he had the eye problem last year, and he's not been the same guy ever since, whether he was before the eye surgery last year or even the rest of the year. Once he came back, he has not been the same. So both those guys as a brave have done exactly what they've needed them to do just the last year and a half or so it is not not, not getting it now yeah, yeah not getting it right now we are out of time here for hour number one again coming up at 4 15 justin ferguson of the auburn observer at 4 45 or so the nightly tv guide to end the show and of course a little bit more talk on auburn basketball and auburn baseball coming up in hour number two as well stay tuned more sports call coming up after this
0: And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Second and final hour of Sports Call here this afternoon. Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy and Tom Peavy with you here. Coming up in about 10 minutes or so, Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer will join us and, of course, we'll be ending the show about 4.45 or so as Borgard High School softball comes up right here on Tiger ninety five point nine, we also had a schedule change a little bit later in the week. We were going to have Borgard baseball on a Thursday that has been moved to ninety nine point nine KDFM for tomorrow, as
2: the threat of rain uh, and storms loom both Thursday and into Friday. Yep, and then uh, after the show, I will be off to Montgomery for opening night of the Montgomery Biscuits. You're against- not going to stop
1: by Bucky's since you're going to go eighty five towards Montgomery, are
2: you? Yeah, it's going to be get on the road and get going. Okay. Maybe on the way back. Maybe. Maybe. Depending on what time we get just, back. Just seeing. Just seeing how the, how high the interest level is uh, there. Well, Michelle, I got to get back because Michelle's got to go to work early in the morning. So don't know if there'll be a stopover there, but gotcha. we shall see.
1: It, it's going to happen sooner or later. Um, all right. So before we get to Justin Ferguson, want to get your thoughts, Tom, on uh, the news for Auburn basketball Denver Jones coming into the fold for the Tigers. Big time. Uh, the guy we talked a little bit about yeah. on the show checks a lot of boxes what yep. do you think about the the transfer portal and and he also uh, has already signed so about i got the signing of denver jones
2: uh huge pickup and uh it was a guy that a lot of teams wanted once he announced that he was going to be uh transferring uh a lot of teams were in on him um it sounded good for auburn uh just everything that was kind of out there. It sounded very positive, but Alabama was also making big moves for him. Uh, he's an Alabama kid. And so I, I think a lot of people were thinking it might be one of those two. Uh, Auburn was pushing hard. Bama was pushing hard. Uh, ultimately, he comes here to join Bruce Pearl. Um, great. And and it's the type of shooter that Auburn has not had in a while. And uh, I, I listened to a uh, bit of the show coming back from Sylacauga yesterday and I, I really you know enjoyed like some of the things that brooks was saying about uh a, a guy that when you needed a bucket he was the guy that they would get the ball in his hands and, and and score and that's what auburn has not had they didn't have it last year and it uh it feels like you know outside of jabari um you know letting him do his thing two years ago um you know, you just didn't really feel like you had that outside threat. If you needed a three last year, it it was like, mm, who's it going to be? And then this season, this past season, you definitely didn't feel like you had a guy that if you needed a three, you just didn't feel confident there was that guy. Well, Denver Jones is going to be the type of guy that maybe can be that. Um, all of his stats show that. I know you all already gone through all the stats with him. And 39% from three. Um, so deadly accurate for there, really really accurate free throw shooter uh, a guy that can can push to the rim a guy that can hit from outside uh, a guy that has a, a step back that uh, is really deadly i mean he's he's just a guy that uh auburn desperately needed and uh it's a that's a huge pickup and now I'm i'm curious to see what happens the rest of the way through the transfer portal because there's still some guys that are popping out and uh in fact today, uh former five star from Duke, uh McKenzie uh Mbako? Mbako.
1: the double check the pronunciation. M
2: G B A K O I think it's Mbako and McKenzie Mbako, former five star, he is trying to get his release from uh or has requested a release from his national letter of intent with Duke. So it sounds like he's gonna be on the market. There's several other guys that are out there on the market. Uh I, I still think Auburn uh, is going to look for what I keep calling a big big. Uh, I know they feel very good with Janai Broom, but I'm thinking they might maybe even looking for somebody big big. <laughs> so, um, but with the movement uh, from the Auburn guys moving uh, out, there's open spots there. We um, of course we've always we've gone through the list of them, and there could be more. Obviously, uh, Flanagan is one to keep an eye on now that his father has left the coaching staff to go to Ole Miss. Uh, you know, what is he going to do? Is he going to stick around or is he going to go pro or is he going to go and transfer portal? I mean, that's a legit question now uh, of what happens there. So there may be another spot there come open. But uh, I, I think that Bruce Pearl and that staff really sat down and, and saw the uh, deficiencies that were on that roster and decided that it was time to make an overhaul. And, and that's what they're doing, and they're using the transfer portal to their advantage with it.
1: Yeah, we we'll have to see the other uh, decisions that Auburn players have to make. I mean, as of right now, you know, Katie Johnson's still on the team. He tweeted out support for bringing in Denver Jones. Yep. That's a guy that I think we probably lean towards would, would maybe not be here next year. Who knows at this point? Uh, you're still waiting on decisions, as you mentioned, from Alan Flanagan, Jalen Williams, uh, I anticipate at this point, Janai Broome be back, but you know, I, I still like to hear it, yeah. hear it official before I just declare someone back. These days, uh, of course, they were Auburn was transferring that, or excuse me, Auburn was targeting that transfer portal guy from Marshall, yeah, uh, who ended up going to Florida yesterday. Oh, okay. Uh, so he uh, he is not an option at the seven one center. Uh, okay. Um.
2: So he is he's um he's going to Florida. And that would have been the big big that right. Uh, he was the yeah leading scorer in conference USA. No, uh,
1: uh, he averaged seven a game, nine rebounds. Oh, I thought bats. I thought
2: he was like the conference USA scoring leader. That would be Jelly
1: Walker uh, yeah. of UAB,
2: uh, and then or second, maybe
1: second would have been Denver Jones. May, maybe
2: block, maybe in block. Maybe he led U- conference USA. in Maybe blocks, in blo- blocks is very. Uh, uh, maybe probably, that's what it was. Probably, it, there was something yeah. I saw with him that it was like a a, a conference USA leader in something. So it may have been blocks, yes. but. Uh, okay, so I mean, you don't get that big, you don't get that big, big, but I mean, there's some other guys out there. Um, hey, hey, this staff's not going to stop. They, like I said, if they're trying to revamp this this thing, then we'll see what happens. Now, the other curiosity uh, is with uh, Coach Flanagan leaving, with West Flanagan leaving, uh, who fills that spot? And here's here's a name. I'm just going to throw it out there. I bet you we threw it out yesterday. Please continue.
1: Okay. Uh, you uh,
2: okay. all threw KT right. Harrell out. All right and and, okay, and i th- else, and that's yeah. great now you know all, people also got to remember that he was a uh, director of player personnel uh mm-hmm. at F F I U fiu or fau fau, FAU. I, i'm getting a mix up um so i was told i heard a i was told a rumor and this was back months ago uh i i was told that Wes Flanagan would be leaving the staff didn't know we're going but just that he would be leaving the staff and that former Ole Miss coach Kermit Davis was going to be hired as an assistant here I was told that that was a while back and now all of a sudden Flanagan's gone it's like okay well that's one piece of that rumor has happened is that gonna is that what's gonna happen I don't know but I do find it interesting that uh a pretty reliable source of mine that's in touch with a lot of folks around town and in different areas had said that kermit davis was going to be hired and flanagan would be out and like i said flanagan's now out so that's one piece of that puzzle we shall see yeah Uh, I i have no idea either it's just a rumor that was told to me there you go and now one half of it has happened We certainly will see, and we will uh,
1: talk about it when it does occur, when Auburn fills that vacant uh, bench spot now. We need to take our first time out of our number two. On the other side of this break, Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer will chat Auburn football and basketball with us. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of Sports Call.
0: Stay tuned. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back to Sports Call on this Tuesday afternoon. Tiger 95.9, Ryan Lavoie and Tom Peavy with you here again, getting off the air in about a half hour. Got some Borgard High School softball coming up at around 445 today. And uh, we can't think of a better way to spend some of this remaining time but with our friend Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer now joining us on this edition of Sports Call. Ferg, the time is always appreciated. Uh, Saturday was not exactly the way we wanted to to digest Auburn football. It was very wet and windy and and not ideal for football, Uh, but we did see a day come and go. First and foremost, hope you're doing well. And then secondly, I mean, just describe what, what, if anything, could we get out uh, of a day like that for Auburn football?
4: Yeah, if you wanted to learn anything about the passing game, which is kind of the thing everybody's been talking about with Auburn, that they need the most work with, um, you didn't get it from this from this scrimmage. Uh, it's just the the wind and the rain was too crazy. They wanted to, but I think the weather just kind of really prevented all that from happening. Um, so instead, your takeaways have to really come from the, the defensive side of the football and in the running game. Um, so, you know, I, I think we did see that. The running game was really good. Um, I thought Auburn's offensive line, we've heard all offseason, you know, all spring about how much better they feel like they've gotten. And we really got to see it in practice on uh, on Saturday because um, pretty much everybody who touched the ball at running back had a good like explosive run or two. Um, I thought the holes looked good; it wasn't like guys were having to create everything on their own. Um, the transfers and some of the some of the new coaching there, I think, it's really made an impact. Now Auburn's got to get better run defense. Was an area where they struggled last year, uh, but I did think that uh, in, in a number of ways you got to see a lot from. And the running game and, and some other spots on the field that I think are going to be kind of more your strengths as they still try to figure out uh, the who and what in the passing game this season
1: Kind of going off not over the spring game as as a whole but also just the entirety of spring practice power rankings wise for some of these position groups who do you think had uh, a better spring and might have improved their stock in terms of a position grouping and then who if not hurt their stock at least uh, at minimum did not improve it
4: yeah i think offensive line's got to be the one you look at the most is to say hey from where they were to what they are now um you feel the best about it um and, and i think that's a really good sign because i mean that's the position group auburn has really struggled with the last few years, and also it's the position group where, like, you got to be on your game every single play if you're on the offensive line, um, because it doesn't matter if it's pass or run, no matter who the ball's going to, you got to do your job. Um, and so for Auburn, I think they really needed that kind of that kind of spring from their offensive line. Um, on the defensive side, I think you heard a lot of good stuff about the inside linebackers, and that's a group losing Owen Papo who didn't really rotate as much last year. They're deeper. They've got a lot of competition. I think Austin Keys is a really big, like, instant impact type of player. I think Demario Tolan could grow into that. You've also got a number of younger guys, like Robert Woods Jr., that are trying to stand out and, and take advantage of some and maybe a chance of getting playing time. You heard about Eugene Asante more. So, like, that group, I think, uh, turned some heads here in, in spring ball. And I, I think that was a really good sign. Now, negatively, um, you know, I'll, on offense, probably wide receiver. And it's not, it's not necessarily the fact that they, you know, are bad or anything. It's, I think they had a lot of injuries and, and, you know, just especially with the inconsistency of quarterback, it was just hard for those guys to kind of really make a ton of impact uh, that they probably would have liked to in, in spring ball, and obviously A. Day was a good example of that. And then on um, on the defensive side, it's got to be the Jack linebacker spot. I mean, you like Keldrick Falk and what he brings to the table. I think Elijah McAllister is going to be a really good leader and role player for you this year, but you know, it, that group, when you lose Derek Hall and you lose Echoliotta and you really don't have much coming back and you're having to break in new pieces of guys that haven't had to play that much, uh, there's a big gap uh, with Auburn on their defense at that uh, at that uh, Jack linebacker position. So they got to figure out a way to, um, you know, get that either the portal or develop it more. So it, that, that could be the big weakness of the defense next right year.
2: Uh just kind of looking at the at the quarterback uh, position obviously something that everybody's still talking about uh, your your gut feeling uh is Auburn looking in the portal are they going to try to develop Ashford but uh, if you're looking at portal where do you think that Auburn could potentially be looking at to try to bring somebody in
4: Yeah I mean it's it's interesting because like we don't know who's all on the portal right now like most of the guys that are still in the portal are guys that you know you wouldn't say are you know SEC starter quality and so for Auburn, it's like you're going to have to make some some tough decisions. I think here uh, with with your with your future. I think I think if a guy like T.J. Finley made a move and and, and transferred out, or if if anybody else in the room transferred out, maybe you go and, and you're a little bit more flexible, and you might go get somebody that um, isn't necessarily a, a a day one starter type. Um, but one, that guy's got to be out there, and, and two, you just really don't know until the portal opens and, and you see what. what's out there um so uh, i i think if there's a if there's a starter quality player that you feel like at least would have a chance to be um the number one guy this year for auburn i think auburn will go after him um but you know there's no guarantee that that guy's going to be out there uh, just because um with the portal being the way it is Uh, so i think for auburn you know you, you you would love to have a little bit more stability uh at the position but I also think they learned here in spring that uh, if Robbie Ashford's healthy, he can throw the ball a little better. He has made some strides, and I think that's a really good sign uh, for, for, for their future. And, the, and Olden Garner, I think, also uh, you know took a really big step forward here in the spring. And so you can win with those guys, uh, and you might have to, uh, but you just got to see what kind of comes up at this point uh, when, when it comes to, comes to the portal. If they, they have all these quarterbacks right now. I don't think they necessarily have to be in a position where they're just getting a guy for the sake of getting a guy you
1: know, in the portal. Talking to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer today on Sports Call. I'm sure everyone's eyes will be on the transfer portal for football here in the next couple weeks as it opens up. And also everyone's eyes on the transfer portal in basketball too as Auburn got a big-time portal signee uh, this weekend in the form of Denver Jones out of FIU. Ferg, tell me a little bit about Denver Jones and just how vital of a need that filled for Auburn basketball.
4: Yeah, I wrote about it yesterday at the Observer, but I think if you could have built, uh, you kind of in a lab, if you could have built a guy that Auburn needed on their team, I think it would have looked a lot like Denver Jones skill set-wise. Uh, 20, point, 20 points a game last year. Uh, there aren't very many guys in college basketball who did that. There's like over 5,000 Division I basketball players, only 26 of them averaged 20 points or more a game last year, and Denver Jones was one of them. Um, I think that tells you a lot about, about kind of the, the, the scoring talent that's going to be coming in for Auburn right here. Additionally, I think you look at, um, you know, the way he scores. He gets to the free throw line a lot, and he hits a ton of free throws, like 85% no, free throw shooter. I think he's a really underrated, um, you know, guy scoring around the rim, very crafty uh, with his moves and his finishing uh, around the rim. He's 6'4. He's going to give you more length and going to give you more size in that backcourt, which Auburn hasn't had the last few, few, few seasons. Um, he's a great create your own shot kind of guy. Isolation, uh, ball, you know, pick and roll ball handler. He's got a killer, uh, you know, uh, step back jumper. He's going to be able to create on his own. Uh, great mid range player. I think he's the number four, number five uh, mid range uh, field goal percentage guy in the country last season. Uh, and additionally, um, you know, for, for a guy like Denver Jones, um, you know, he's he's just a great three point shooter, about thirty seven percent for his career, but also he hit forty percent of his catch and shoot threes last season, more than forty percent actually of his catch and shoot threes last season. You'll definitely take that if you're Auburn. Uh, and, and um, you know, I think he's also got the length, like I said, in the height to kinda help you out some on the defensive end. Um so you know, it's, it's a it's a great pickup to have. Um, he's a three-level scorer that I think addresses a lot of the problems that Auburn's had at their guard spot. They're not done yet. They've got plenty of room. But, man, that was a really, really big first guy to pick up in the portal. And uh, to get him over got teams like Alabama and LSU, I think, is, is pretty significant as well.
1: And Ferg, as we look at what's next for Auburn basketball, you alluded to the fact that they're indeed not done. Uh, You're replacing Wendell Green Jr. and Zep Jasper within that starting lineup. Also have uh, another scholarship or two available, and you might still have another one or two become available based upon decisions not yet made. So what is the next order of business for Auburn in the transfer portal?
4: Yeah, I think I think we need to you know see next uh, you know we've been talking about it for a while what what Jalen Williams and Alan Flanagan do. I think with the news of, of West Flanagan uh, you know moving to the to Ole Miss uh, and, and reuniting with Chris Beard, I think I don't want to I don't want to assume too much, but you do think that that would probably uh, make it a little less likely that that Allen Flanagan comes back to Auburn next season. So we'll see. Um, you know if, if they can reinforce that that position. Jalen, see what see where you stand with Jalen, see where you stand with some of these some of these other guys and then if you have that ready, uh, you know, turn it loose if you're Auburn and, and really start to um, you know, attack the transfer portal um, and, and continue to kind of follow up and, and get as many guys as you can, um, you know, and, and really build out this roster. Quincy Olivari, um, the rights the transfer has Auburn in his top four. Um, and so that I think Auburn uh, Auburn would really love to have him. That's another high scoring guard uh, with a little bit more size that could help you out. Uh, very very similar to Denver Jones in, in that regard. Um, so yeah, I think that's a I think that's a position um, where you could see Auburn kind of get some guys. We've also seen them reach out to some bigger men. Um, you know, Micah Hanglott, uh, the uh, the big man from Marshall, committed to Florida uh, here recently. But uh, they've gone after a few guys that I think could help them out with the re- their rebounding and their defense. So. Uh, there's a lot of need. I don't think there's a position group on the roster that you could say Auburn's completely done and dusted with. Uh, but you'll see what happens with Flanagan and Williams and then move on from there.
1: And with the news, as you mentioned, of Wes Flanagan moving on uh, to Old Miss, joining Chris Beard's staff, uh, where does Auburn? Uh, what, what should Auburn be looking at in, in a new addition to the bench? Are they looking more of a guy uh, to, to be very involved in recruiting or maybe a guy that was an, an ex-coach that uh, would bring more experience? What, what kind of guy does, uh, does there need to be to replace Wes Flanagan?
4: Yeah, it's interesting because West did a lot for you, and he's he's a great coach. Obviously, a, a guy that you know played at Auburn and, and takes a lot of pride in the school. So, I mean, it's gonna it's it, it would be a it, it would be a pretty pretty uh pretty significant loss. But I think I think West is such a talented recruiter. Um, also does a lot as a former head coach uh, that I think was was really valuable. And you know, I, I would be very interested to see you know when when Auburn hired West. Obviously, there was the Auburn connection there, but he did used to be a head coach at Little Rock. I wonder if, if uh, Bruce Pearl would be interested, or if he's trying to maybe bring in somebody with head coaching experience to join his bench, because I think that that is so valuable. You can load up with that um, because you have a guy who's you know led a program before and he knows the X's and O's and he knows how to you know you know manage players and, and all that and he is you know can run recruiting. So um, that that's what I'm I'm kind of interested in seeing. I think you know Auburn could go in a lot of different directions with what they do next. Um, you know, with their, with this spot and uh, on their, on their, you know, coaching staff. But, uh, you know, I just, my first thought was as soon as Wes was like that's a very talented coach that has been a head coach before. And I, you know, Bruce has been in the business for a while and he's, he's got a lot, he's got a lot of connections. I wonder if, you know, he might strike something like that up here um, the second go round.
1: Justin, we've had the the privilege of getting to talk to you each week all season long and our three most common topics, Auburn football, auburn basketball and bucky's it is here it is open uh your first experience uh, at bucky's how did that go
4: it was great i mean you know as i tweeted about it yesterday um you know my uh, we 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 had talked about it's it been two years since it was first announced and so justin lee and i had talked a lot about you know going there the day that it opened because we're both really big fans justin lived lived in texas for a while and and really enjoys it and um and so um, when we knew the, the date was set, we were like, all right, well, let's just show up um, and let's try to show up as early as we can and, and try to be one of the first people in line. Now, there are some people who got in first that were there since, like I think, like 1 or 2 in the morning. Uh, we, we got wow. there about 30 minutes before it opened and, and, and just walked in. But, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was great. Um, it's it's, it's going to be dangerous to my health, uh, but... <laughs> uh it's right here i mean i live right off the exit 50 so uh it's it's very uh it's very cool to kind of have that around and so i went there early yesterday morning and uh i went back uh today just to mostly just to see what the crowd looked like on day two and it was just absolutely slammed so uh, i'm looking forward to uh to many of these trips here moving forward because of the convenience of it
2: i so i i've never been to a bucky's and i i've not been able to go to to this one just yet, but I've heard that the sausage on a stick is something that I have to have.
4: Yeah, no, that's definitely a great move. I'm a big fan of... um, Their breakfast options are great. Uh, And and the thing I got when I was there uh, yesterday uh, yesterday morning, they have a breakfast taco that basically is a burrito when it's all said and done because of the size of it. Uh, But it is uh, bacon, egg, and cheese, hash browns, uh, refried beans, and verde salsa. So it's a good, like, southwestern um, breakfast burrito that uh, I'm a big fan of. They Yeah, everything they do, like their brisket is really famous. I'm not a huge brisket guy, um, but it is good. Um, but they do like breakfast uh, tacos that have brisket in them that, that people really really enjoy. So um, you know, I, I think I think you could go there during like lunch and dinner and and, and be you know fine and you can get good stuff there. And obviously, it's it's more of a snack place than anything else as a travel destination, but. I'm I'm a really big fan of the breakfast options for sure, and sausage on a stick is definitely one of
1: them. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer with us here in Ferg. Obviously, with things starting to wind down, I know we got a lot of transfer portal stuff ahead. Uh, What is the game plan with the Auburn Observer here over the next weeks and months? I know there'll still be a lot of content, but uh, obviously a little bit of a a breather from obviously the live competition.
4: Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll continue to have um, stuff pretty much every day, every weekday at least. So, you know, you'll get at least three newsletters a week and two podcasts a week if you subscribe to the Observer. Um, and also, you know, we, a lot of times we end up doing more of that. So, um, we've got stuff like the basketball roster tracker that you can keep track of. I just did today, I, I wrote a, uh, um, you know, a, a thought on all all of Auburn's scholarship players that coming out of spring practice. I'm going to do the same for defense tomorrow. So, um, if you kind of want to know where everybody stands and kind of uh, my takes on everybody on Auburn's roster, you can do that and, and check that out. And we'll continue to have podcasts and, and mailbags and a lot of fun stuff. We just added our buddy Dan Peck to the uh, to the regular podcast rotation. He's, a, he's a now a co-host with us, and we'll do our next episode with him on Thursday. So we've got a ton of content coming out, uh, even though it is the off season. So Auburn'server.com, sign up, $6 a month or $60 a year. And uh, we will continue to you know, pump out stuff between now and the start of, uh, start of football season when we get to do it all over again.
1: Absolutely love it. Justin, uh, as always, again, just want to thank you for, for being on each and every week throughout the, the football and basketball season here. And uh, I know we'll try and link up a couple times over the summer, hopefully get you in studio. But really do appreciate you being on each and every week. You do a phenomenal job. And uh, we, we hope you have a great summer, sir. And we look forward to talking to you again soon.
4: Yeah, I'll definitely have to slide in there a couple times over the summer. But, yeah, always enjoy coming on with you guys and hope you all have a great summer as well.
1: Yes, sir, Justin. Appreciate it. That is Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer, kind enough to spend, again, really each and every week with us uh, throughout the football and basketball season. Appreciate the work that he does and being on this program. And the Auburn Observer is is well worth your time and money. We We encourage everyone to check it out. Over there, we need to take one final timeout in the show. We'll be back to wrap things up. Coming up after this.
0: we need a timeout sports call will be back after this quick break want more sports call check us out online at sportscallauburn.com
1: welcome back to sports call here on this beautiful tuesday tiger 95.9 ryan Lavoy and tom peavey with you again big thanks to justin ferguson of the Auburn Observer for joining us on the program today and again each and every pro or each and every week for seven, eight months now and we'll hope to get Ferg in the studio a couple times throughout the summer just a couple minutes left in the show again reminder borgard high school softball coming up in a matter of moments right here on tiger 95.9 uh, tom you good sir will be going to the montgomery Biscuits game tonight Do you yeah. have anything in mind for the concessions are we going to target something in particular or, or game time decision hey,
2: that's always a game time decision uh i i am already hungry so i will be eating something there but um yeah, I mean it kinda depends. They, um depends on what on what's on the menu around the ballpark. Um I, I love me a good old Koneka sausage with some onions and peppers on it. But they also have a place that does some really good barbecue sandwiches, but sometimes that place hasn't been open, so I don't know. Definitely game time decision. Okay. Game also time gotta I also gotta hit up the uh I guess what you would call the pro shop, see if they got any any new digs in there. Uh, sure. I've got my – have got i I'm wearing my – I've got my Biscuits attire on right now. I've got one T-shirt and my jersey on, but uh, let's see what else they have yeah, in
1: Yeah, he here. is very is very clear. He is a Montgomery Biscuits supporter today. Oh, yeah.
2: there's, Absolutely. there's no doubt about that. Uh, but love it, and a beautiful day for, for baseball, too, really by the way. And yeah. we'll get the fireworks after the – since it's opening night. We'll okay. have their, oh, their awesome. Max Fireworks show and uh, some different things like that. Yeah, it's going to be great We need to get some – we need to get a rep from them on the show sometime. Just to talk about the biscuits. Sure. I don't think I don't think we've ever had anybody. Uh, not no, since I not while I've been on the not show that anyway. I recall. Uh, we've
1: uh, we've done a lot of lot of things, but no, I don't think we've done Good that. I'm making all sorts of noise. It's okay. Heard. Yeah. Just know that most nine out of ten times when Tom's on the show, it's him making <laughs> making the, uh, the random noise
2: in the studio. It's quite all right. I, so. I, was, I, was, I was unplugging my laptop, and all of a sudden the uh, power strip just like. Decided to decided it wanted to go. jump and yeah. make a clanging noise. So. That is a okay. All right, just a couple Li- of the- live radio. Just a minute or two left here. Let's get to a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've
0: got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Calls nightly TV guide.
1: Sports Calls nightly TV guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. It's a ball night. All sports tonight, uh, starting with 5 o'clock, some college softball, number 6, Tennessee, number 17, Virginia Tech on ESPNU. In the NHL, closing days of the NHL regular season, 6 o'clock on ESPN. I believe this is going to be a first-round playoff series already locked up. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning. At 6 o'clock on ESPN2, more college softball. Number 1, Oklahoma, continues their domination of the sport. At number 12, LSU on ESPN2 6 o'clock on the ACC network Auburn Baseball at Georgia Tech another big, big midweek game for the Tigers this is the type of game that if you want to make the NCAA tournament this would be a nice little road win Georgia Tech I think is 19 and 12 overall so kind of in the same record well realm as Auburn is 6:20 Bally Sports Southeast: The Cincinnati Reds at the Atlanta Braves. Braves walk-off winners last night. Braves were two and three at home. Both wins are via the walk-off variety. And I want to add a couple things to the nightly TV guide. NBA play-in tonight. 6:30, seven-seed Miami Heat uh, hosting the eight-seed Atlanta Hawks. Winner becomes the seven-seed. Loser has one last chance to make the full-on playoffs. So that's at 6:30, and then nine o'clock. Uh, On TNT is the Los Angeles Lakers and the Minnesota Timberwolves Lakers. will host that one again, trying to become the 7th seed. And that is Sports Calls Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. That will do it for us today. Fun show. Tom, thank you for being here. Be safe. Go to the business game. Enjoy it. We'll see you tomorrow. Absolutely. uh, Enjoy the day. Yes, sir. And uh, we appreciate Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer for joining us on the program as well. And of course, we always thank all those that tuned in and called in. For Tom Peavy, my name is Ryan the Boy. Have a great Tuesday evening. Enjoy some Borgard High School softball coming up, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.